All right, welcome in everyone to the episode of All Canadian, uh, the Thursday edition. Today, interview as you've seen in the title of the episode, Laurier Goldenhawks, fullback, utility man, special teams, all-star Taylor Stocky, a former teammate of mine. Uh, yes, he is a Kingston Grenadier, uh, but Stocky has a great story, uh, journey, uh, also showed out at the Invitational Combine last week in Waterloo. So uh, we're going to get into all of that, but thank you, Taylor, for joining us on today's podcast. Appreciate you guys. You know, I've always paid attention to your guys' podcast. And I know you guys are, you know, really bringing awareness to Canadian ball. And, you know, I just appreciate all you guys do. Thank you. Well, we'll start with the most recent uh, Invitational Combine. How do you think you did? How do you feel you did? I, I've seen some uh video from your one-on-ones your past reps uh seeing the testing numbers what's your take on your day uh you know i think it was one of those things where i'm pretty sure if you ask everybody there everybody's gonna think they can do a little better you know i think that's just kind of the way testing goes um as far as like my numbers personally there were a couple things that you know i thought i did better in training you know when it kind of came to like the three cone and the the five ten five but um I think it's kind of one of those things where, you know, when you only get a certain amount of chances, like I know with watching like how the three cone went, you know, you get one mulligan and then one like actual rep and you slip second rep, you get that do not place. And I remember just kind of watching a lot of guys go and I'm just seeing a lot of guys slip. And uh, I just kind of first rep I go, of course, I'm trying to bend the corner like a de- defensive end and you know, I just kind of lose my footing and then I'm kind of coming back. I'm just kind of collecting myself. And I'm also kind of realizing like, I got to get something on the board here. Like I'd rather get <laughs> something on the board than to do not, did not place. But, uh, so as far as that goes, like, I think I, you know, I did the best I could. Like there was a lot of, I really tried to leave no doubt as far as myself goes on my preparation towards the combine. So, you know, it was really cool being out there and just, seeing all the different kind of helmets and uh, of all the different players around the country and even some guys from the States and all the, all the scouts, you know, uh, all with holding their clipboards and their arms crossed, uh, staring at you with your stopwatches, straight face. And uh, you're just trying to stay calm, cool, collected the whole time. But uh, as far as, you know, the numbers went, you know, just did my best. And then the one-on-ones, I think like the one-on-ones was kind of one of the things that I think I felt, like I could take a deep breath right before, like I was, I was more calm going into them than I was anything else. So, you know, I, that was the actual part of getting to play football. Like that was the part I was actually there for. Felt a little more comfortable going in there. And with the, with the invitational combine being at Waterloo, just down the road from your Laurier Golden Hawk. So just down the road from, from where you play ball, did you find there was a little bit of a, like a comfortability aspect in the fact that you could just kind of, have a normal morning. You didn't have to travel in. You didn't have to go very far, like literally down the street for you. You know what? Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, so as far as like down the street, you're absolutely right. As far as from Laurier. Um, but when school actually ended, so I guess when the season ended, I moved back home to Camden East. And when I got the kind of combine invite, you know, I realized like, I'm going to go as hard as I can for this thing. So through all of the nine, 10 winter practices Laurier had, I would commute from Thursday uh, on Thursday night, do the four hour drive to Waterloo, uh, stay at my girlfriend's place and then kind of train that whole week with the team and then drive back home on the Sunday. So uh, that was, 
you know, definitely not cheap on gas. Um, but as far as everything else, like we actually getting to train in that facility really did help, you know, especially with some of the uh, Waterloo guys there too. And I was able to, you know, kind of get a feel for how everything was going to be. And, you know, I, the day before, like I went out with my quarterback, Taylor Algersma, I brought like seven different pairs of cleats, just trying which one worked the best. And, you know, I was, so I was fortunate that way. And, you know, I, I think especially with going leading up to the day, as far as like visualizing everything, like it just felt more comfortable kind of thing. It sure is different with a bunch of different scouts, but at the same time, you know, right down the road, instead of having to be across the country, definitely helped. That's for sure. And uh, as you kind of got into the training, I guess, schedule for yourself leading to combine, what was that like? Were you like, because you said you got the late notice and you kind of had to go all in. What was it like to kind of get back up to and pass your, your benchmarks? Yeah, like it was it was kind of funny because when the season ended, you know, obviously everybody kind of kind of has their injuries, but I still kind of took like I only took about a week off and then I just kind of went into kind of volume training, you know, like I was still training four or five times a week. Um, at that time, I was still trying to find a job around here. Uh, you know, I was helping out teaching at some of the local public schools, too. It's just like an emergency teacher there. So, you know, at the gym, like I was doing my old kind of football workouts that I had from the last off season. And I don't know what it was, but it was kind of, I kept that going for, I think it was about the three weeks. And then I got the combine invite. And then I just thought it was, it was just, I was really fortunate. I kept going with that where, you know, I didn't have to have that big transition period of mm -hmm. having to, you know, doing all the baseline stuff. So I think that definitely uh, kind of helped. So I know as far as the training kind of goes, it was one of those things where you go from football training to actual kind of like combine specific training, especially when I found with, you know, the field training kind of stuff, you know, my trainer, Miles, uh, he would tell me that it's kind of like a dance, everything, especially with like the testing, like with the, the three cone, um, the five ten five. like it's not so much how fast you go, it's how efficient your feet move mm -hmm. with it. And a lot of, like for me, like it was trying to learn that kind of choreography uh, with, you know, those kind of movements. And, um, you know, there was kind of a couple of times where Miles would have to reel me back where, you know, he'd have certain reps and kind of schemes that I'd have to do. And a lot of the time I'd add an extra set or two. And that was just purely because, in, again, in my mind, I wanted to make sure that I did everything possible going into that day because, I knew as far as anxiety and nerves would be through the roof as soon as you walk through the door anyway. So, um, and you know, I kind of, the, the weeks leading up to it, he kind of had to sit me down and tell me, you know, there's a reason I have these certain reps for you and you to hit, but it's also make sure, you know, you're not hurting yourself because at the end of the day, you know, I can add more reps of squats and bench all I want, but if I go in to run the 40 and I have a, a bum hamstring at the end of the day, none of that really matters. Mm -hmm. So, Definitely, uh, definitely nice to have a trainer that really cares about you. But uh, yeah, no, I just tried to do everything I could. Okay, so when you look at the the day itself, uh, obviously a new combine format this year, more participants in the Invitational. Did you find yourself like fighting to stay warm? I guess whenever you're waiting in drills, like you go to the forty, and this year was different because it, it as the results were coming into us, it looked like everyone was going group to group 
mm-hmm. instead of the traditional where it had been like, oh, running backs, linebackers go here, DBs, receivers go here. It looked like everyone was just going through it all at once. Yeah. How, how did you kind of find yourself uh, fighting to stay warm and avoiding, um, like you said, pulling a hamstring? I think uh, the, the only time I think you really did have to dial in as far as staying warm was um, preparing for the 40. Um, when you kind of have, you know, a bunch of different groups uh, running 240s, uh, a lot, you're not going to run them back to back with only like a minute rest mm-hmm. between guys. At the end of the day, they're not going to get to good times. And so, you know, that kind of caused a little bit of a bunch. But as far as um, the efficiency of the movement, it was usually it it was really good. You know, I kind of thought there was going to be a bit of a stall. And I think there was there was a bit of a stall at the start because I think there was something going on with the lasers. Um, mm-hmm. but they were able to fix that. And so as far as staying warm, you know, I kind of took it upon myself where you know I kind of just found a corner and you know kind of just whether it was stretching or had my you know my theragun on the side just kind of going over my muscles kind of thing and just trying to make sure that like I stayed focused the whole time because it's so easy to get caught up in all of the different uh you know tests going on of watching the others what they're doing or you know seeing if a scout's looking at you or seeing if scout's looking at one of the guys that's in your position and there's so much easy things to kind of get caught up in, but um, I found as far as like staying warm the whole time, just putting on a pair of sweatpants and then a hoodie, you know, doing a little light jog, but not killing yourself at the same time. But no, I think they, they handled it really well, especially for the fact that it was 75 guys this year or 76, I think. But. How'd you find the uh, one-on-one reps? Talk to you, I saw some of your clips from the past pro sets. Yeah, I, I, there's a smile on your face. You're gonna talk about that now. Let's go. Uh, you know, <laughs> it. Um, I think they went well. Uh, you know, it was kind of it was kind of one of those things where you know I talked with my mom and dad. Um, you know, they've been kind of my biggest supporters throughout this whole thing, um, my whole career really. And you know, we kind of talked, and I was really more of a like I I think the term is like dark horse going into this kind of thing where there's not much film kind of on me as far as like mm-hmm. off stuff. Like a lot of it is just special teams. So um, to me, like I went in there and in, in my mind, like I knew what I was capable of and like, I know how to, I knew I can pass block and I knew that, you know, I might be able to turn some heads and run by some guys and routes, but um, I just kind of, like I said, it was one of those things where I just took a deep breath and just kind of realized that, you know, I've, I've done all this stuff. Like pass blocking is like arguably one of my favorite things to do. And so, you know, kind of getting in there and realizing that, you know, I was the first one up and going up there and you see, I think it was uh Charbonneau was the first rep and big dude eyeballing him right off the bat. And I'm just kind of, just kind of in my head. I'm like, I'm, I'm in it now. Like now it's, <laughs> now it's time to go, you know? So as far as like the one-on-ones went, like it was good. Uh, I wish, you know, there was a couple guys in there that I, you know, I really wanted to go against. Like I really wanted to go against that Laval linebacker. I think his name's Alec Poirier. Poirier. Yeah. 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 I wanted to go against like some of the top guys. And it's not that I didn't feel that I did. I think it was more, everybody kind of wants that kind of variety kind of thing, you know? And so, you know, uh, as far as the pass blocking goes, I think I won all my one-on-ones. Um, I, uh, unfortunately I didn't really get any call outs. Uh, 
a lot of the call outs, I, there were only about three of them. So I wasn't really sure if it was to get better looks at certain guys or whatever. But at the same time, like you don't want to dive too deep into it because, you know, I had to get ready and run some routes at the same time too. So, yeah. So take in with the call outs. So Pelios last year, when they were at their regional, I guess they only had like a handful of offensive linemen to start and then one or two of them dropped out. So I guess when they were doing the call outs, it was just like, Zach, 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 Zach. Yeah. He just like, he said he had like six or seven reps in a row and they're just like shuffling down the offensive line. By the end of it, he's like, okay, okay, I'm back, okay. <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because like we kind of, I had a conversation, you know, with like Scott Hutter and Mario Villamazar, like kind of leading up to it. And they were kind of telling me like, even like, don't, don't, yeah, you know, forget like conditioning kind of thing, because like just whether it's the stress of just being in there or no matter how bad it is, like, you know, you're, you're going to get tired. And especially in the one-on-ones, like the last thing you want to do is show that you're tired. So I remember, you know, leading up to the weeks, like I was hopping on the aerodyne bike, like all I could just do an extra sprint kind of thing. And like, no matter how bad it hurt, like just telling myself, like, I would rather be hurting and puking now than doing it in front of all all the people i'm doing a job interview for you know it it was it it was really exciting you know it was really it was awesome to be around all the best players in the country um and then just kind of getting the chance to really kind of get back to football you know everybody you know even though like i got my practices at winter camp it was really just a really good test of being against the best players and just trying to prove in yourself right at that time. In terms of the, uh, like, I, I want to go back to the the drill section of the combine. In terms of your position group, how did you find the communication process? Was it like you're coming off the field and, and guys are going like, hey, he's a, he's a rip move guy or like this DB likes to do this? Or was everybody just kind of in their own head, eyes down, trying to focus on their reps? Uh, everybody was in their own head. Um, like everybody was also like everybody was cheering for their position group at the same time. Like, you know, especially me, like I, I've always been a loud outgoing guy. Everybody kind of knows that. (laughs) So like, I don't really care if I'm in a position battle with another guy, like, you know, if, if he gets success and I'm going to be happy for him. And, um, you know, for me, I think I went into this kind of calm mind as soon as the list got released of all the guys, um, I made like a, like a document that I have on my phone of every single linebacker that was on the, uh, going to the combine. And I kind of had, you know, some guys I was able to actually have full game clips of from during the season kind of thing. Uh, some guys, uh, especially the Mac guys, I was able to have actual one-on-one clips from when we played them in spring camp. So I was able to actually see like what moves they like in one-on-ones. Then it was sometimes where, you know, I, I, whether it was a, a guy out in the AUS or a guy in the RICQ, like I had to just go off the highlight tape. And when you go off the highlight tape, you're seeing the best plays that they got. And, you know, you really realize like these guys can ball. So um, I just kind of went in just kind of studying the whole thing and um, just kind of letting the rest kind of take care of itself. But uh, at the same time, you you realize when you go into one-on-ones, like somebody, whether it's the first rep or second rep, somebody's going to go in there and try to do a bull rush or a bull and pull. So, you know, so personally, like I have no issue with that. And if anything, if if it comes down to a test of strength, that's that's just fine with me. So 
you know, I, I was kind of prepared for that, how that was going to go. And so, but, you know, as far as what tendencies, different, you know, types of guys, a lot of guys like the inside rip move. Um, some guys like to do the two step and then the arm chop, but uh, the bull and pull was one that was, I think guys kind of hesitated away from a lot of guys just wanted to show off the strength as it was, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's all just ball. And as long as you're the one winning the rep and keeping the quarterback safe, you know, it is. All right. Uh, let's talk a bit about the journey to this point. Cause you'd kind of mentioned to us before we started recording that you were actually headed to start training to be a firefighter yeah. before, <laughs> before you got your combine invites. So what was kind of like the end of your season with Laurier like, and kind of your thought process going into that decision to apply to A&M? Uh, you know, like I, uh, I went into, I went into Laurier, um, as like a political science major and, uh, actually for the record, just to get this out of the way, I, I was checking out some of like the programs that they did, um, yeah. of the actual clipboard. And I don't know about the other guys, but I know the majority of the fullbacks, they have us as like mechanical engineers and I'm just sorry for whoever's listening, but like Laurier doesn't even have engineering. So I'm just going to get that out of the way. <laughs> uh but so I went in as a political science major and I kind of thought you know maybe I'll go to law school and you know become a lawyer this and that and then I kind of got done my third year and just kind of fell out of love with the the research portion of it and all the analytics uh analytics of it and so you know I realized also that I just wasn't a guy that was fit for a desk job you know I wanted to get something that was you know that I could use my degree for but also that would get me up and kind of motivated for the day. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I live beside a couple full-time firefighters around here and just kind of talk through the process with them. And they all kind of recommended that I go do this text program out and uh, at Texas A&M. And, you know, especially with the fact that you kind of fast track through it with uh, just out of four months. Um, I just thought that was one of the best things uh, you know, I love how firefighting is with that. It's that team kind of mentality kind of thing. And it's also something that keeps you in shape the whole time. Like, you know, you're still training, you're still making sure you can carry people out of buildings. And, you know, I just kind of fell in love with that whole process. Um, so, yeah, you know, it was kind of, it was one of those things where I finished my fourth year and I kind of thought, uh, you know, I was in between coming back to Laurier and you know, I just kind of decided, you know, if I should move on or not. And then I just decided, you know, I, I wanted to leave football on my own terms. Like I had, I felt I had some ball still left to be played. And, you know, I was able to, you know, have a good season this year and, you know, kind of work my way up there. But, um, you know, like I said, like I thought I was going into firefighting and then uh, was actually reading my textbook when I got the call from, you know, Coach Falls that I got the the invite. And it was kind of funny that I paid, you know, the, I think it was like seven grand or so to go to fire school. And then literally the next day I had to withdraw the payment and <laughs> kind of asking why. And then, you know, I gave them the heads up and then, you know, they understood when it was far as, you know, this has been my dream since I was 12 years old. So, you know, I was going to go as hard as I could for it. And then, you know, the tech schooling is going to be there when I'm, whenever I choose to go. So, you know, well, that'll time, that'll time will come, but right now I'm going to try and chase this dream. 
What was the uh, what was that moment like when you got that text from Coach Falds? Was it like, okay, this is awesome. Like, I got an opportunity to go to the combine mixed with a little bit of, oh shit, I just paid all this money for school. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I like. In all honesty, it was it was a little bit kind of, it was a sigh of, um, a sigh of relief, but also kind of like a sigh of like accomplishment because, you know, for me, like going to the combine kind of thing like that was that was one of those things I always wanted to do even when I committed to Laurier and you know I I just kind of getting that chance and I always kind of really believe that um we had a guy Kwaku Boateng come and speak to us and my one of his biggest things that he tried to instill with us was just betting on yourself and I really tried to implement that into my game especially into my last season where you know, I really kind of went in every game and I just really tried to believe that I was the best person on that field. Even if I wasn't, at the end of the day, I just believe that you got to play with that mentality. So, you know, as far as getting that that invite, like it was it was a dream come true. At the same time, I immediately called my parents and just kind of let them know. And, you know, I get home and I like I actually went to work out right after the uh, right after getting the invite and could have ran through a wall that gym uh, <laughs> um pretty sure that that was one of like the fastest workouts I've ever done uh probably the most intense but you know I wanted to get home and you know just getting home and holding my dad and hugging my mom and dad and you know a lot of tears kind of came down and just because they knew how hard you know this kind of journey has been but also how hard I've worked for it and just to kind of get the whole, whole opportunity like I was I really was just so grateful uh talk to me a bit about the value of your family to you because I know like we've played together before and it's true like when you said your parents were your biggest supporters like I remember that that they were always there for you so kind of talk just a bit about their importance and involvement in your career and decisions I truly would do not know where I would be without them. You know, my family has been with me through thick and thin. Um, you know, even like my hockey career, I played hockey for 15 years or so and gotten a ball in grade nine. And, you know, my, my parents were a little not hesitant to get into football, but they were kind of they knew how I was as a person. It was kind of like, you really want to play ball? And I just I just fell in love with it. Uh, and so. Oh, it didn't matter to them. They just wanted to support, um, especially through my years at Laurier. Like it's my first three, three years, like I was barely playing, you know, like there might be, I remember there being games where I would, I would go and play a game up in Windsor and I'd maybe get three or four snaps that game and they'd still drive, you know, and I would tell them before, like you guys, like you don't need to, you don't need to come. Like, trust me, I believe you guys support me. And they still, there wasn't even a hesitation. And for them, that's like a eight, nine hour drive. And just kind of, just to watch and be there. Like I would have to fight back tears before games because I truly just realized like how grateful I was. And even, you know, the kind of post game kind of stuff, like coach folds, would always kind of rally us, you know, after the game and kind of give us a, a post game spiel and, you know, and how we did and, you know, how we were going to get better for next week. And a lot of the time, like, I just, I, I struggled because, like, I would be focusing on him, but I'd also kind of look over and, like, where's my family but already be waiting at the gate for when to kind of come and hug. And, you know, uh, a lot of, it, it was just a lot of tears, a lot of laughs. And, 
I'm just truly grateful that they were there, you know, the whole time, especially through times when I was dealing with adversity and, you know, not really knowing who to turn to or who to talk to, you know, it was calling mom and dad, you know, it was one of those things that just helped me through everything and really, really made me kind of take, I always put my kind of self-worth into football and, you know, I, I really struggled with feeling like if I had a bad game that, you know, that would kind of diminish my self-worth and, you know, they completely changed that around and really, you know, proved to me that at the end of the day, it didn't matter how well I did a football, like they were still going to love me regardless. And, you know, I'm just truly grateful to call them mom and dad. And, you know, especially going into my last year, like I just, my whole mentality just changed completely because at the end of the day, I knew my life wasn't going to change. And it was, I just had to go out there and actually play for me, you know? So I'm just, I'm so fortunate and blessed with them and you know just so thankful absolutely uh okay so when we talk about your journey i know taylor stocky as defense and taylor stocky here is blocking people at the invitational combine uh <laughs> when you discuss adversity in your career uh some of that i would imagine would be the switch from defense to the bad side of the ball right yeah, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I went into Laurier and, I, you know, some of the guys who were from Cambridge Lions, like, they knew me as, like, I was I was a field halfback. I think, yeah, that, that year we played, you played field half for us, yeah. It, you know, and playing DB, and it's kind of funny when you think about it, like, I'm playing DB and somehow working my way over to fullback, you know, it's kind of... <laughs> um, but, no, I, I came into Laurier and... You know, I was like a bit of an undersized linebacker. Um, and, you know, I came into a pretty stacked linebacker group as it was. You know, Brandon Calver was there, uh, who he's with the Argos now. Brad Cowan's there. He was with Calgary Sam Peters. Um, that year, uh, Tommy Beringi was there. And he was just kind of switching over from DB. And he's with the Rough Riders now. Still one of my best friends to this day. And um, he just kind of really had to, take a hard look and just kind of go like, ah, you know, this is, I'm in deep right now, <laughs> you know? So I got done. Uh, I got done my, my first year, I uh, went into my second year, um, trained as hard as I could in that off season. Um, and just really put my all into it. Thought I had a decent training camp, but not the best. And we went into um, we had an exhibition game against McGill and they put up the roster and I wasn't on it, um, which was a really hard pill to swallow. But at the end of the day, you know, coach, you're going to do what's best for the team. And so I really kind of had to look in the mirror and just figure out what I was going to do. Um, I, you know, I thought I played well enough to kind of earn my way and I wasn't sure if they wanted me to ride it out on scout team again. And um, I went back home when the team was up in McGill and uh, I got a message from coach V uh, while I was, while he was up there and while he was preparing for the game, he took the time to message me uh, if I would be willing to make the switch over to fullback. And uh, it was a bit of a whirlwind for me because um, I had never played offense really that kind of I took a couple snaps in high school but that was it and you know you 
all I'm hearing all this terminology of like check releases and, you know, learning protections. And it was just so foreign to me being from defense. Um, but I just, I, you know, I just decided that I wanted to actually be a contributor on the team. And if they, if they believe that, you know, that was kind of a better chance for um, a better direction for my career, I was going to take the opportunity. So I went in and I was extremely fortunate that I got to learn from, you know, Mario Villamazar and, um, Osai when he was there and Cal Taylor and just the just great guys that really took me in and um, just kind of embraced me the whole time and uh, for some reason I don't know why that I you know I joke around about it with Coach V but the offensive playbook kind of clicked for me a little better than the the defensive one did at the time and um, I just kind of fell in love with the, with the position I loved how you know it's not so much uh, being forced to be an, an extremely athletic, you know, kind of specimen that most linebackers are. Um, but you really get a chance to put your hands on somebody and move them from point A to point B. And, you know, you get to, you get to run a couple of routes here and there. And um, at the same time, you get to protect the quarterback and, and run block. And so I just, I fell in love with the whole mentality of it, you know, and especially how, you know, it was more of a, a dying position and maybe the NFL, not so much CFL. Um, I just fell in love with that mentality. I actually wore uh, um, my make fullbacks great again sweater when I went to the uh, invitation just to kind of let guys know where I was uh, with that whole thing. So the whole, the whole process was awesome. And, you know, training for it, it was, it was nice to have something new, you know, to do. And, uh, I just, you know, I'm extremely grateful that the coaches gave me the opportunity in the first place and really gave me every opportunity I could to improve and get mentored by guys. And, you know, uh, it's kind of crazy. I don't know if I, you know, I actually, I can definitely say, I don't think I would have gotten an invitational combine invite if I had stayed at linebackers. So it all, no matter how hard it was, it all really worked out for the best. So I'm just really fortunate with that. Not on the defensive side of the ball, but you still get an opportunity to be an aggressor on on nearly every play depending on what you're doing i mean i always say if, if i could go back and do it man i would be i'd be an h-back fullback no hesitation absolutely none it's one of my favorite positions for oh, sure absolutely you know being able to just move somebody where they don't want to go or even kind of take them where they think they do want to go and just keep driving them all the way to the backside of the play or you know whether it even you know some guys thinking if you're going to run a, a short route and it turns out to be a wheel or a corner and, you know, it was, it's just a position that I really fell in love with and just kind of felt like I really fit in. And, you know, I joke around that, you know, I can try it. I'll do, you know, all the jump cuts and all the kind of stuff for maybe the drills that the coaches need. But when it comes to getting that, you know, third and one on the goal line, like I'm, I'm running straight through anybody. I don't <laughs> So, uh, you know, there's not much uh, juke there, but I have absolutely no problem with putting my shoulder. So, so I feel like I fit right in. All right. Laurier Golden Hawks uniform combos. Oh, nice. All white. All white. Got to go all white. All white purple helmet. That's my favorite look. I'll be like, so it's kind of funny. Like we always, we always had the kind of captains kind of pick uh, every week. And I just, I fell in love with um, when I realized, you know, back in the days when Mario Villamazar was playing, uh, all the guys wore, all the fullbacks wore black. And I just thought that 
the all purple combo with the purple jersey, purple pants, purple helmet with black gloves, black undershirt. Like I just thought that look looked so clean. And I just truly felt like when I walked out there, like we look good right now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe it's a little different than everybody else, but that was definitely my favorite combo for sure. I was really uh, scared you're gonna go with the yellow jerseys. Yeah, what are I'm the, not what a are big the takes fan. on the yellows? <laughs> this is what I was initially leading to. I was gonna crucify if you said you like the yellows. Oh, I'm pretty sure if you ask the majority of the team, I don't think anybody liked those yellows. You know, when they <laughs> they first came out, I think we were all, you know, we were all excited that we got a new jersey. But I think kind of the more we looked at it, the more we were kind of like, I don't know about this one. And I think the fact that I don't think we ever won a game in them really kind of made it worse. So, uh, yeah, we, we retired them real quick this year. <laughs> yeah, I think, what was it, the, it's like the multi-overtime Battle of Waterloo where Bretton Hall had like three touchdowns or something. Yeah, that was think, a really, that was yeah, a pretty I think cool. that was a yellows, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I, that might have been the whites, to be honest with you. Uh, and the only reason I think that is we had a play um, going in, well, actually, it was, it was that Bretton Hall t- touchdown uh at the end of the game that actually was the play that wasn't really designed for him if you go and re-watch that play uh we had an offensive tackle who's now uh he's playing up for illinois right now his name is isaiah adams okay. and he, yeah he was an absolute specimen when he was here i'm i'm pretty sure we're all going to hear his name coming up real soon especially in the nfl draft after next year but it was actually meant to be an offensive tackle touchdown and so <laughs> And it ran a little fade route and uh, Brenton's route's kind of like the backup route, you know, if all else fails. And I saw Cello, you know, kind of look off Isaiah. And even though he was a little open and Brenton might've been a little covered, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I trust Brenton Hall in the end zone. So, you know, it all worked out for the best, but yeah, no, I'm pretty, I might've been the all white unis that game, but definitely one of the best games, you know, in my career for sure. Okay, uh, you also play guitar. I I, I know. Uh, talk to me about that kind of hobby, habit, uh, development of it. Um, it's kind of funny, you know, uh, that you know during COVID, uh, it was one of those things that um, I always wanted to try and play a guitar, but I came from you know I came from a school where you know we didn't really have any do much musical instruments kind of thing like. I think we did bucket drums in public school and I'm pretty sure no one even trusted me with the triangle at that time. Uh, so um, it was one of those things with COVID when the whole world kind of was put on hold. Uh, um, I needed something else to do other than train for ball. There's only so many times you can do two a days and then just kind of cover rest recover before, you know, you're going to snap because you have nothing else to do. So I really just kind of, took it on myself where I needed something to do as far as to put my passion into um, outside of sports. And, you know, it was one of those things where I just said, screw it. Went on, you know, Best Buy. I found the cheapest one I could find. I found this $100 guitar and just really kind of forced myself, you know, when it got in. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Like I tell my parents, like, you try to play these three or four chords as 
you know, thousands of times and it just sounds absolutely atrocious. And then that one time you get that chord progression, right? It's kind of like, oh, like this is why musicians do it. <laughs> You know, so it was one of those things that I just kind of fell in love with and really kind of turned into something that eased my mind a lot going into, you know, uh, extreme events kind of thing. And even, you know, the day before the combine when my family, we rented an Airbnb up in Waterloo. And, you know, the night before, like I kind of did my, you know, my hand-eye coordination routine, my meditation routine. And, you know, then just kind of learned some some of the new Morgan Wallen songs on guitar. And, you know, as to some people, that might be a little weird, but to me, like, it really forces me to not get sidetracked by anything else and just really solely focus on what I'm doing and really just kind of take my mind away from everything. So I, uh, I highly recommend it to everybody. It's, it's definitely an adjustment, especially when you have zero musical background whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, But definitely one of those things that I'm so glad I took up and, you know, still playing to this day, only about a year and a half in, but, you know, definitely been a good time. That's for sure. I feel like Wade asked that question on purpose because he knew he was going to get me going on this. I've been playing guitar for since I was like a little kid. So yeah, I've been playing guitar for a while. So I got to ask now, like, are you an acoustic guy, electric guy? And like, what's your go to? Like, what do you like to play? And can you play and sing at the same time? So it was kind of like, oh, I ask you this uh so as far as like acoustic and electric goes like for me like i don't know why i've just always loved like i've always loved when musicians they'll put out their song and then all of a sudden put out an acoustic version of it i don't know like for me like when i listen to like an acoustic version of the song it's like an actual per like the artist is actually there just with his instrument his or her instrument and you know kind of playing and i just kind of fell in love with that um always wanted to play the electric guitar i'm sure my neighbors wouldn't want me to but i definitely <laughs> always wanted to do uh and i'm definitely gonna get into it once you know i definitely improve the you know my my fingers throughout the way and uh actually fix my you know kind of crooked fingers whenever football kind of gets over <laughs> it um but the i'm definitely i think a little more of an acoustic guy and as far as you know singing and playing at the same time um I don't care who you are. If when you play, when you play guitar or, and try to start it in itself, playing guitar is like one of the hardest things you can do. And then when you're trying to stay on beat and then sing with it, and especially a song that you maybe not know fully, like your brain's doing four different things at once. Yeah. Care how good you are as a singer um, when you don't have a guitar and you know you're singing in the shower. I'm sure everybody thinks they have tremendous vocals. You know, and they, they just get the right acoustic, right room. But um, it's definitely a, a different kind of pace when you, you know, kind of implement all those things in a once. So I wouldn't say uh, I can definitely sing and play at the same time. Now, singing and playing well are two completely different things. <laughs> I, I'm maybe going to hold up on the, the YouTube videos and stuff for at least another year or so before, you know, I try to tempt people with that. But it's definitely one of those things that, you know, you, you like to look up, I'll, I'll listen to a song and then all of a sudden just kind of fall in love with it and just be like, oh, like, I wonder what the chords are to this song. And I'll just flip it up on on the Internet and then I'll find something on Ultimate Guitar and just kind of just go into my room and kind of bury myself into it. And just really something that, you know, you just it pass the time. Like there'll be some times where, you know, I'll 
learn a song and then all of a sudden it'll be like wow like two and a half hours just went by and it felt like 10 minutes you know so no i'm with you on that playing and singing is is impossible i can't do it and i've been playing guitar for like since i was probably like 10 and i can't sing and play at the same time my hands my left hand right hand and brain just don't work at the same time it's tough you know like i never understood why people you know tap their foot you know when they play too until i actually had to like learn like that's how you kind of stay on beat and you know i so many people especially like when i first started get stuck in strumming patterns kind of thing and i had to learn that like it wasn't even necessarily strumming patterns it's how many kind of strums what you do in that given beat and you know it's uh it it, it was just kind of like learning fullback you really are learning something new every day and i I just fell in love with it, you know. So it's it's awesome. I actually got to talk about that. It was pretty cool. I didn't expect that on a football podcast. Hey, we bring it all. Like we said to you before, we talked about sushi last week. We've talked about well, we went into a real big heavy metal uh rabbit hole when we were talking to one of the guys from the Red Fox, their video coordinator. So yeah, we were talking to, the, to Josh O'Connor, who like he produced all the behind the R documentaries. Oh, those are some aren't those such good shows? Oh man, they're doing I, um, they're doing exactly. wonders for Canadian football right now. It, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as Connor said, I heard you're a heavy metal fan, Josh just kind of went, shut up. And we yeah. had like another 45, it was at the end of our podcast, and we had like a 45 minute long secondary conversation. Just I was just asking music. about firing and music questions. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, no, we, uh, we try to, we try to keep it well balanced here um but no i uh really appreciate connor do you have anything else to ask taylor no i don't think so i think uh my questions are all are all wrapped up i i'm glad you brought up the guitar question i didn't know that so that was fun for me at the end too always love talking music yeah i know yeah guys it was definitely something that uh was not what i expected but at the same time you know i love i i just kind of love finding different people's passions and you know, the whole, this whole kind of process is, as you know, it's been awesome. So I really appreciate it. No problem. And uh, all the best moving forward. We look forward to seeing hopefully your name uh, in more draft related uh, articles and news. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, Taylor. No, thanks for, thanks so much for having me guys. I really appreciate everything and, you know, keep doing what you guys do. I know you guys are moving this stuff in the right direction. So I really appreciate everything and thanks for having me on. Thank you, man. We, uh, right. Once again, Taylor Stocky from the Laurier Golden Hawks, uh, slowly but surely making fullbacks great again. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much. See you, dude.